Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. And today we're going to be talking about dominion theology in spiritual warfare. We started this topic last week, so we're going to pick up with that conversation. If you want to follow along, we are discussing CIC issue number 48. You can find that at the website CICministry.org. Now, do you just want to give us a quick overview of what we talked about last week, and okay. then we'll pick up with our conversation about dominion? All right. Well, last week we were citing Kenneth Copeland, Ed Silvoso, Earl Polk in this article, which I wrote in 1998, and that's whose books were popular back then. Some of them are still probably floating around. And I, we cited this audio from Kenneth Copeland from 1982. And they were claiming that when God gave Adam authority over the earth and Adam sinned, Adam committed what Copeland calls high treason and literally took God's authority that wasn't just delegated, it was transferred to him, according to some of these guys. And then when Adam sinned, he gave the authority over the earth to Satan. Wow. And they go even further. Then they say God didn't have any authority over the earth. And if you follow their scheme, if somebody comes along like Abraham and has faith, then God can work through that. Okay. So if you have faith in your own words, and they have a bigger scheme than what we talked about last week, that God created because he had faith in his own words. All and right. that if anybody speaks the word, and have believes their own words, then what they say will come to pass. That's part of that teaching. So there were some things that could happen where in some circumstances, and that would be how they interpret things, people spoke words and believed them, and then God could start gaining back some authority, at least in that little realm. So God's dependent on us to speak right. the right words. So that Somebody he can have some authority have, over his creation. God needed someone to come and have faith uh, in God's words and faith in their own words. And they call it the God kind of faith. That's their distinctive idea. Last week, I mentioned D.R. McConnell's book, A Different Gospel, that I thought was really well done at the time and very needful. So you got to have the God kind of faith. But where we left off last week, Authority over the earth was transferred to Adam and then to Satan. Now, there's a fatal error. Delegated authority is not transferred authority. Right. It, it doesn't. It's, it it's just not doesn't that work way. That way. You know, whoever had the ultimate authority can always exercise it in some other way as he sees fit or she sees fit. And you're just in the real world. God never lost authority over the earth. Right. And it's pretty clear. But I wanted to make this clear because I know from back in those years, trying to convert people away from that worldview back to a biblical one, they don't want to listen to my teaching. They want to hear this. They loved the teaching they had. So I wanted to show counterexamples, even in the Old Testament, 
that God had to have had authority and he never actually transferred it, but he exercised it. Yes. A lot of Let's bad look at some of those examples. Yeah. Well, a lot of these bad things happened at the fall, but God never lost authority over the earth. Man became dead sinners and needed a plan of salvation, but God didn't need man to get something done. That's right. Now let's prove that. And in my article from 1998, I quoted uh, a psalm, Psalm 47, 8 and 9. It's in the article, third column, first page. Quote, God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Psalm 47, 8 and 9. Okay. So my claim was even in, under the Old Covenant and in the Old Testament, before Moses even, God did have authority over the earth. Even when the wicked are devising evil and carrying it out, they are unwittingly furthering God's plan. Yes. Joseph that's said right. that. Uh, and a lot of times I cite Genesis 50 and verse 20 doing this article. Here's what Joseph said after his brothers sold him out. Uh, to Egypt and denied God's promises and acted wickedly. Here's what Joseph said. And as for you, Joseph said to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. Genesis 50, 20. So yes. That's God was in control of that situation all along. So God isn't handcuffed by his own uh, creation. God is not lacking ability to work on the face of the earth. God doesn't need man's permission to do things on the face of the earth. And he doesn't need Satan's permission to do things. And Satan doesn't have all the legal rights that these teachers claim that he has. Right? So, the situation with Egypt, all of the things that Joseph went through, Potiphar's wife, the, the jailer, the people betraying him. It's quite an interesting and powerful drama what all happened. But the intent was that there was going to be a future salvation. Yeah. Right? All right. So then with that in mind, how about the crucifixion? Well, that, again, would be proving the same worldview. Acts 22, 23, 24, Peter announced that Jesus was crucified by the foreknowledge and predetermined plan of God. That's right. Evil people nailed him to the cross with evil motives, but God used it for good. Yes. Evil was done to Joseph, but God used it for good. Evil was done to the people of Israel in Egypt by Pharaoh. But God used it for good. Now, to preserve many people alive is not only the people who are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And ultimately, then the promise goes forward through David, 2 Samuel 7, 14. But ultimately, it leads to Christ. And we find out that just preservation of people alive through evildoers doing dastardly things, but God using it for good, 
is the salvation even of Gentiles. Right. Jews and Gentiles whose sins are forgiven because of what God did through Christ on the cross. But we'll see in a future uh, podcast that, frankly, the false teachers even twist that one around with their ransom theory of the atonement. That's right. That We will get to that one in a, in a future episode, but that's a really important one to understand. Right, because they're still thinking Satan's in control of everything, and somehow Satan wasn't going to give it up until Jesus went into hell and wrestled it away from him. Wow. So okay. that's all out there. It's still being taught. It's been rebuked, refuted, discredited, proven unbiblical. They don't care. They just keep teaching it. Right. And new iterations of it show up as new generations come along, right to be deceived by the false teachers. That's true. I would say this is just as popular today as, as it ever was. It's, it's, it's old and yet nothing is new. Right. Well, it's still out there. I don't read every new book that comes out that's teaching these things because I did all this work 30, 40 years ago to refute it. I'm dealing with other issues now. Yeah. But it's still out there. So I appreciate Jessica keeping up with things through Facebook or whatever and keeping my attention. In fact, this is still out there. Right. And, and sometimes so it seems like these things goes in circles. They, you know, we, 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 Hey, look, we forgot about this error back here. Let's all bring it back and believe bring it back. And we can tell books. I don't know what their motives are, but they're deceived or they're not deceived. They're really crooked and they're yeah. just lusting for money and power. I don't know. Maybe they believe these lies. Right. Either way, they got to repent, but let's give some more proof. That even okay. before the coming of Christ, God never lacked authority over the earth. All right. So in my article, I quote some verses from the Old Testament. Ezekiel 18, 4a, God said, behold, all souls are mine. In Genesis, Abraham called God the judge of all the earth. Right. Satan's not the judge of the earth. God is. Yeah. Souls don't belong to Satan. They belong to God. According to uh, Ezekiel 18, 4a. And I cite uh, in the New Testament, Acts 17, God draws out the boundaries. God yeah. draws out the boundaries of the nations. He must have authority. Right. Now, we'll get, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but in the ransom theory, Jesus fights, gets it back from Satan, then he gives it to the church, and the church loses it again. That's right. We we kind of touched on that in the first episode with a quote from the beginning of your article. Right. They keep, everybody keeps fumbling away God's authority. Wow. And so as we go forward, I'll, there's some new versions of that out there about how we're going to get it back. But the Bible says he never lost it. Right. He has always been firmly in control of his own creation. And he's always had a remnant. Yes, always. Save people. Okay. And thankfully, it's not dependent on us. No, but he uses means. The means is the, the gospel and believing God's promises. Right. And God intervening in ways that bring people to himself. 
Now, let me just, here's a statement I made in my article that I highlighted, I wanna emphasize here. It is inconceivable that God could determine the boundaries of nations if he were lacking legal authority over the earth. That's right. And See, it goes beyond that in Daniel. It doesn't he say he ca he causes the rise and fall of kings and well Daniel in Daniel the future history of the world is predicted. And it actually happened. It happens that way. It's not all done yet. Yeah. I haven't got to Daniel's 70th week. And then ultimately the millennial reign is predicted in the Old and New Testament. But God is in charge. So God doesn't lack legal authority. So if you've heard that teaching, that Satan has legal rights, and we better figure out what they are and fix it. No, God is in charge of his own universe. What we need to know is the terms of the gospel, that Jesus Christ died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust in order to bring us to God. That uh, there's a, the blood atonement is to appease God's wrath against our sin. And uh, next time we'll talk about that ransom theory, which is a false theory of the atonement. But if we are going to be part of the people of God, we need to repent and believe the gospel. We need to trust Jesus Christ. God raised him from the dead. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow night now that we're recording this on April 1st of 2021. And I'm supposed to talk tomorrow night at church about on Friday night about Jesus on the cross and the issue of salvation. Yes. I'm going to talk about that phrase. I did a bunch of work in the Greek this week when Jesus said to the thief on the cross who ultimately uh, trusted in him, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Right. Now, some people say, well, no, I didn't really mean that. He just said, today I say this. At some point, you'll be with me in paradise. I checked that in, in Luke. Okay. I'll talk about this tomorrow night. For those that are there live, you won't hear this until way after that. But today in Luke, I looked up that Greek word. It's associated with the coming of salvation. Wow. Okay. okay. Today I've seen your salvation. This is what God's doing in Messiah on the face of the earth. And there's no way Luke intended that to mean the day he said it. it it's keeping with how Luke used today earlier, meaning Jesus didn't go to hell when he died. He sent it into heaven. Right. And the thief on the cross saw him there that very day. So, and that confuses people, especially I think with the creeds that say he descended into hell. Do you want to take a few minutes and, and <laughs> can, can we address I, that in a short couple of minutes? Interestingly, my wife is hosting a Bible study here and there in Peter. And that came up last week. Okay. And I went to uh, get some scholarly material on that. And I found Thomas Schreiner's commentary on Peter. I think it's in one Peter, right? Really, I think right after that verse, I just cited from memory. And really what that is about, it really goes back to what we've been talking about, this Deuteronomy 32, eight and nine worldview. Okay. And back to Genesis six being literal. Yes. And so this means Jesus proclaimed victory to the hostile powers 
as right. it says to heaven. It isn't Jesus going into hell to fight with the devil. So these are the spirits that are, are in, in chains now that are released. Well, there's, the- it, yeah, it's, uh, I have the material from Shriner on that. He has it's great material. And, yeah. Yeah. It needs to be looked at, but this material I just worked on this week about the thief on the cross was really clear. Okay. Today there literally means today salvation has come to the thief and he and Jesus will be in paradise. Paradise okay. there is interesting too, but it means the garden of God and the dwelling place of God. All right. So it's a I complicated have, subject. Maybe someday we can do just one program on that. Whether Jesus but. really ascended, descended into hell. I, I don't have that material in front of me. I printed it out and gave it to the ladies at the Bible study last week. They came back. Now they're going to talk about it. And uh, Schreiner has the best off if you have access to his commentary on First Peter. All right. So, but I do want to cover something here. Okay. And that is, I want to talk about uh, Job and I want to talk about Nineveh. Okay. Because remember, in this whole scheme, Authority over the earth was given to Satan. God transferred it. And the way or it was given to Adam, Adam gave it to Satan, but it still ended up in Satan's hands. And so God is on the outside looking in. That's what they say. And okay. I quoted that last week. But here's some ideas to think about. What about Jonah and Nineveh? And I, I wrote about this in the article. Jonah. Did Jonah have a vision from God that he wanted to be a missionary to Nineveh? No, not at all. (laughs) That's how he ended up in the belly of a fish. (laughs) Right. Jonah was upset that God called him to go preach or even announce judgment to the enemies of Israel, the Ninevites. That's right. He didn't want to go. Yeah. And then it's interesting in Jonah said he went down, he went down, 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 down into the ship, and then down into the sea and down into the belly of the fish. Yeah. And he got spit up. And uh, I hope our readers know the, our listeners know the story of Jonah, but Nineveh repented. Yes. Okay. Now, now so, unlike the Sunday school version of the story, you know, I think we all, we all get the Sunday school version of the story where poor Jonah was very scared of the Ninevites and he didn't want to go. But then after he's vomited out of the fish, he runs to Nineveh and he joyfully proclaims the truth and everybody's all happy. That's not how the story goes. He wasn't no. afraid of them. He hated them. And then when they did repent, he was in a snit about that. Yeah, he actually said, this is what I knew would happen. Right. And that's why he was so upset. He was mad that they repented. Yep. Just read Jonah. He wasn't happy. God caused his little plan to give him some shade, sort of as an object lesson. Yeah. And then when the plant died, he lost his shade. He was upset. He was worried about the plant dying, but he could care less about the Ninevites. He didn't like them. That's right. Okay. So here's my question to the Word of Faith teachers to the Kenneth Copelands and Ed Savosos and whoever else is out there. If God had turned authority 
of the over the earth to Adam and Adam gave to Satan, and God was on the outside looking in. Well, they're saying he can get a little foothold if somebody like Abraham believes. If you have enough faith, then God can get his work his way back in. The God okay. But Jonah never showed any faith like that. Right. He showed despicable hatred for the Ninevites, and he didn't want to do what God called him to do. That's right. He didn't want God to save them. And yet God did. And yet God did. So here's my question. If God needs a man on the earth with faith to do anything, how did he save the Ninevites? Because Jonah was not one who wanted to do God's bidding. And he only reluctantly was forced to do it. That's right. So I would God. say the author of uh, the scriptures there, of Jonah, is telling us that this is a sovereign work of God. And it's a preview of salvation. Right. It's a preview that God is going to save, save Gentiles, sinners, wicked people, and people that don't deserve anything. Yeah. And that's why I love Luke X. I've been preaching in Luke X for a long time now. I'm still in Acts, and I keep going back to Luke when I get a good chance to. I love Luke X. It's all about God saving unexpected people. Right. Of salvation come on the face of the earth, and people are, the Holy Spirit comes on people, and they proclaim the mighty deeds of God through the person of Messiah. Yes. And okay, that's so, a work of the Holy Spirit, not a work of our own faith. Right. So in my article, when I mentioned Jonah, and I, I, we're just giving you an overview, here's what I said, that the whole city repented cannot be attributed to any human spiritual warfare strategy. The Jews were hardly praying for the conversion of Nineveh. The conversion of Nineveh was God's doing, with human help coming only through a man who wanted nothing to do with it. Wow, that's right. So you're telling me God is lacking authority over the earth unless we help him along? Wow. Thus, read Jonah. Just read the book. God saved Nineveh despite Jonah, not because of him. Yeah. He chose to That's use true. him. Jonah was like skid marks all the way there. Yeah. Being drugged along against his will. He finally got there and said, all right, I, I better do it. And then God saved him. And then he got mad about that. Right. Isn't that interesting? It so, is. And the same thing with Job. Yeah. God comes on the scene and the Satan had to ask permission of God to do what happened to Job. That right there should be the end of this, because how does Satan have to ask permission when he's the one who has authority? I know. If anybody would do like the Bereans and search the scriptures to see if these things are true, they would be done with the Ken well, Kenneth Hagin is no longer in the scene of history. His son, I think, is out there. Copeland. All yeah. of it. Did we be done with it? 
Yeah. We dismiss it. This is unbiblical. It's unchristian. It's not right. And it's not from God. And E.W. Kenyon is the source of it. And uh, he's the one that articulated this idea that Jesus, when he went into hell, according to their theory, was just a mere mortal man. They had to fight Satan on his own terms. And the only way he got authority back was by beating Satan in hell. Wow. I used to have a copy of that book by Kenyon, but I see it's still out there. I hate spending money on heresy, but uh, people are still buying this. They're still believing it. Yeah. So I'll try to do a little more research on that, what, how Schreiner refuted that idea uh, that Jesus descended into hell. I think also Pastor Eric preached on it a few well, years ago. Maybe we can find It came up. I will look for it. It actually came up because that line, he descended into hell, was in a song we sang. And a few days later, I've got Pastor Eric calling saying, well, about that song. That's not such a good song. See, yeah. The descended in the New Testament is Jesus coming from heaven to earth in the incarnation. Yes. And the ascending is ascending as narrated in the end of Luke. And then again, the beginning of Acts, ascending into heaven where he reigns at the right hand of God. That's right. And we'll do a little more research and we'll come back to that topic. Right, in a and then we'll talk episode. about the handsome theory of the atonement. That's right. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. We want to remind you that you can access this program and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website, cicministry.org. And also, if you have comments or questions, we would love to hear from you. You can just go to the website and click on contact and we will get back to you. We also want to remind you to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.